Hello and welcome to the Marseille View. I'm Stefan and today I'm joined by Ben and Ed. You alright guys? Hi everyone. Alright. Thank you. Um, and we're, I'm glad that we finally got back to you. It's been a bit of a, a gap but um, it's been a very quiet summer so far but um, I think now we feel like we've got enough going on in the last few weeks and with Marseille's pre-season friendlies just started as well. It's a good time to, to get back to the podcast. Um We've got a few items actually to talk about today, so we are going to discuss yesterday's first pre-season match, which was against Stoke under-23s. Um, we've also got some of the transfer rumours, like the departures, arrivals to discuss. We're even going to pick our eleven play our starting eleven, sorry, for next season, and we'll finally, as always, run through some of the relevant news stories over the last few weeks. So, um, starting with the, the first item, which was the Stoke friendly. Um, the friendly was actually at St. St. George's Park sorry, in Burton. Um, and fortunately for us, some of us got to go to the game actually. So it was good, wasn't it guys, for the first time for us to get together um, from the Marseille View and get to see an OM game together. Yeah, it was good fun. It was good fun. It was a bit of a strange subdued atmosphere because you know it was it was a friendly. It was a very small pitch, but yeah, it was it was good to get together and have a laugh. Yeah, absolutely agreed. And what did you think of the actual game? Uh, first half was fucking boring. Not gonna lie, it was boring as shit. Second half, ah, it was a bit lively. I thought the, the reserves played really well. I thought the uh, Iskay scored a good goal. Um, but there still needs. It's the first friendly, so let's. This guy was the. This guy was the right back, and Perrin scored. The oh, yeah, yeah, bollocks, bollocks, Perrin. Yeah, Perrin scored a good goal. Um, but the atmosphere it was quite quiet. I think. I mean, like when I heard it was a seller, I thought, okay, it would be probably ram packed with Marseille fans. But there was about there was a lot of Stoke fans there, or a lot of people who were just there for a free game. But. It's, mm. But what I mean, what can you expect? Stoke under twenty three. We weren't expecting a classic, so look. and it's the first first game of pre season, isn't it? And it's, yeah. I think there's so many Stoke fans because it's down the road from them. It's only it's only a forty five minute drive from Stoke to get to Burton, whereas myself, Luca, and others had to drive three hours from London. So yeah, it, I think the timing and the location weren't ideal for for any um, fans based in the UK because I'm pretty sure if it was at three pm, there would probably have been a few more people. But it, it is what it is, and it's it's pre-season, it's the first friendly, you know, it's, we were just lucky we got to go, to be fair. Yeah, at least some, at least some of us made it on time. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did miss half, not half the first half with Luca, I'll be honest, but, yeah. you know, it was traffic, and then they were desperate for a piss when we came off the, the M1, and <laughs> look, it caused delays, but by, by the sounds of it, Ed, we didn't miss much. So. No, you didn't. No, you didn't, no. And I, I actually, I was really worried because I thought I was the one that was going to miss it, you know, coming from the train from Leeds, getting to, having to get two trains. But I actually got there pretty well, well timed. But but yeah, going back to the game, like, and sorry, the the atmosphere and the attendance. Sorry, um, I I agree with you, Ed. I thought that you know the five hundred free OM tickets. I was expecting you know, a, a, a more people there and it definitely wasn't 500 Marseille no, fans. No, it wasn't, it wasn't 500 free Marseille tickets, 500 free tickets for all fans. So was it, there, there was, was it, oh, it was for, okay, it was for the, between the Marseille fans and the Stoke fans. So they, uh, they did have, when I was speaking with Alex afterwards, he did actually say they had like 140 odd people registered for it. Marseille fans, but yeah, they, they just didn't turn up. I, I think people, classic thing, people rushed because it was free. And then when they realised how much of a mission it was to get there for 11am on the Sunday, they obviously bailed out. I don't blame them. Oh, well, then that makes sense. Because I, I misunderstood from... Um, I, I thought it was just the 500 were away fans. So did I. The first, fans yeah. had to yeah. paying for tickets. But yeah. But yeah, the, okay. the, the, the game, I mean, when, when we arrived, I mean, a bit, bit of a brutal assessment, but it's, you know, Ed for you, from you, certainly. But we're used to that now. But uh, <laughs> I, I think when, when I arrived, Payette, Hit a good free kick. That was there was a good save by the Stoke keeper. Jamal missed the point blank header, but we've come to expect that from him. But we, I, I, I thought we created all right. Um, and have you had a bit of a? Yeah. Right. So, so yeah. Sorry. Then what were you saying? No, I think I was just saying that I, I, I remember seeing a good pilot free kick. I remember seeing Jamal miss a, miss a header, but we, cre- I, I thought we created some okay chances on the overlap. Amavi got got the overlap a couple of times. 
But um, yeah, it's you know second half as Ed says, the youngsters came on. I think they all felt like they had a point to prove, which is good. I, I would imagine that and you know Andre Villas-Boas is the opposite of Garcia has told them all we're going to have we're going to have to rely heavily on the youth team this season because we, we don't have any cash. Um, and this guy and Lihaji on on the right wing were the star performers of the game. They were. Okay, what about you, Ed? Any thoughts on that? Any any further uh, thoughts? I would probably agree with that. Um, I think the first team, they were not really ready. Some of them were very, very sluggish, like they'd been on a a 10-day eating binge. Uh, Saritic, I mean, did nothing in the first half. Mavi was too too busy arguing, uh, but we'll discuss that later on. But so the the reserves played really well, and I have to give them a lot of credit. Yeah, I think I had this debate with Luca and the car yesterday. I mean, guys, it's it's the first pre-season friendly. They've been back in training a week. I, I was expecting nothing at all, to be honest. I'm just I'm just happy that we got to go and see them in action. But it's yeah, it's pre-season. We know that they're they've just gone back to training. The most of the focus of the training will be on fitness at the minute. So it's it's, it's impossible to judge after after the first pre-season game. Okay, I, I'm kind of in agreement with you, Ben. Actually, I, I wasn't really expecting very much. Um, I was expecting quite a flat game, which it was, and I was kind of expecting, yeah, there would be a lot of changes, you know. And we did. We saw at half time, he changed the entire eleven. Um, you know, brought all the young players on. Um, but yeah, just you know, just speaking of fitness, um, I know Ed, you got a chance to go to the the training session today. Um, do you have any like, observations, you know, that you, from what you could see that are worth mentioning? Yeah, I watched the training. Versh Boas is a much more intense manager than I expected. He was very tough. He was, you know, they were get they were getting their legs run around. Mondanda had run about six laps around the whole pitch. Um, they all look mostly quite fit now. They've got the cobwebs out. Uh, there was a bit of concern. Chiletta's chart didn't go with the four arrivals. Through the whole running test, he had to stop briefly, and I, I'm not sure if he's pulled something or it's a bit of cramp or he's just knackered. But it, it seems that Verge Bars has got this team in a very tense manner, and he's not going to just let them run around like headless chickens all day, then go off the next day when they've got a day off and cause absolute chaos in Marseille's jewellery stores. So hopefully, <laughs> this is the sign of change, and it's it's good to see a bit of intensity, a bit of toughness. In a manager, this is what this team needs. Yeah, yeah, that's really promising. Then actually, like I know you can't can't really tell much, you know. But I mean, it's good that if we're all getting a sense, maybe that um, Villas Boas might be a bit more, um, you know, strict and kind of just, a bit more professional. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't Garcia, say strict. Maybe. Yeah, professional is the word. I mean, I wouldn't say strict. Yeah. I mean, guys, you know, it's all remember back when we started doing these podcasts. I think the players were training less than four days a week. For fuck's sake, I mean. It's just how a normal football team is run, and it's it's, it's funny that we all look at it and, and say he's strict. No, it's just normal. It is just normal. Yeah, yeah, maybe, um, and I think like it's possible that we're just getting used. We've got used to you know below standards sort of low standards. Sorry, um, but yeah. So um, just I think we'll move on from Stoke actually because I don't think we've got really much to say. It wasn't really. A proper game. It was a bit of a non-game and stuff. So yeah, I think no, that, I guess. Kinda... Yeah, sorry. Just, just one last piece. And I know a lot of people piss on the bonfire of this Iron Nation program and stuff. But fair play to them. You know, we, we criticise the organisation and the management of the club. But you know, all of us that were there yesterday, all the kids, all the parents that were, that were with us, all the fans, we all got to meet all, almost every single one of the, the first team players after the game. We got pictures with them. We got autographs. And, and you know, that's credit to the club because that would never have happened five years ago. They would have disappeared into a bus and pissed off back to the hotel. So I, I, I just want to salute the initiative. I'm, I'm obviously part of the team that's heading that up and from, from the London base. But, you know, the guys told me on the Friday, hey, if you guys stick around after the game, we'll make sure the players come out and say hi to everyone. And it's to their credit. So they are getting something right on the marketing side and on the engagement with the fan side. But we just want them to get it right on the transfer side and on the pitch now. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, you know, I think because um, we were talking after the game, you know, there was some of the kids there, you know, I think for them getting to meet the players, you know, like Dimitri Payet and Gustavo and stuff, that will have a big impact on them. You know, they'll 
grow up, hopefully idolising those players, liking, continuing to support the club as a result of those experiences. So I think, you know, that kind of engagement from the club with the fans is so important. You know? Yeah, I agree with that. So, um, yeah, so moving on to the next item, um, I think we said we would talk about, just go through some of the transfer stories um, and it's been actually quite a quiet summer for transfer rumours um, especially in terms of arrivals but we'll start with departures and actually for, we'll start first with uh, an official departure which was Lucas Ocampos who moved to Sevilla um, just I think about a week ago not even um, how are you guys feeling about losing Ocampos? Disappointed uh, that's the best I can describe it very disappointed uh, like you we said last year in the end of se- sorry last season in the end of season rewards we uh, praised the campus for his efforts. I feel this is another shame. It's another disappointment. I don't care how much money we sold him. He was a key player who we could have gone and used for a lot longer, and we could have got the best out of him. But again, we've left a little bit of these best still at Seville. We've not got him, and it's another disappointment. It's another disappointing summer, you know. What you know? I don't care how old he is. We should have kept him around. He's a good player. Yeah, it's <laughs> oh, good player, workhorse. I, I I was the first one to bash his stats, but actually they're not that bad for last season. You know, four goals, eight assists, quite a few. For- was that all he scored? Four goals? I thought he had more. No, than but that. he got eight assists, which I thought I thought he I thought it was the other way around. I thought he had more goals than assists, but um, no, he got. I think he got three assists for Balotelli alone, and you know, so he, he did. He certainly perked up in the second half of the season, but. <sighs> I think it's. We were discussing it with Luca on, on the tube yesterday when we got back to London. It's 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 a business decision, you know. He's, he's got one year left on his deal. The problem is he was one of the lowest earners in the starting eleven. He was like on 150 grand a month. Um, you've got players like Bounassar and, and others that, quite frankly, have been shit this season that are earning more than he is. So if we go to him and offer him a new deal, not only will will he probably ask for double what he's on because of his newfound status and his, you know, he's he's, he's a consistent starter 11 under Garcia but he would also um what to say he, he would also sort of look at it and and go well the club would look at it and, and the new manager would look at it and go well that's as pretty much stuck with a compass for at least two or three more years and if he doesn't maintain his level of performance he, he goes through he gets to 28 years old you can't sell him on and, and maybe ends up staying for too long and, and being a bit part player that ends up like Rami that gets sidelined and, and we don't need him anymore. So 15 million euros for a player had one year left on his contract. Not bad business. He was one of the last ones I expected to see go, but I'm, I'm not disappointed that we got money for him. And you know, fair play to him. He's been nothing but respectful for the fans. He's never let us down. He's always given 100% despite his technical limits. I wish him all the best, but I'm, am I sad to see him go? Yes, but that will depend on if we replace him or not properly. Yeah, I'm, I feel um, I'm not. I'm not so pleased about the the money that he went for. I, I'm, I don't. I'm not. I get completely against the idea of a campus leaving because, as you said, he's got limitations, particularly around his technique. Um, and yeah, and there are there's certainly like some benefits from what the balance that he adds to the team. Um, but I just feel 15 million euros, even if it is one year from the end of his contract, in today's market, 15 million euros is really not a lot for a player who is, you know, a starting 11 player who's young, youngish, he's 20, what, 24, 25, but got quite a lot of experience. And is he not, I think he's an Argentinian international, yeah? Um, no, no, no. He? He's never played for Argentina. I think he's probably. He I think he's probably been yeah, called okay, up once yeah. to the squad, and that was when he was at Monaco. But I think that's only once. He's, he's never okay. started. He's, I don't think he has a single cap for Argentina at senior level. Yeah, I think you're right. But um, apologies, but uh, yeah, I just still think like he's still quite a high-profile player. You know, across Europe, a lot of football fans generally know who he is. You know, he's quite well known. For an OM, for a you know, or for a league and player, but decent yeah, player, yeah, fifty million euros to me is just as a bit short and, um, of what I would want to to get for someone like him. I think maybe twenty million euros would have been for me a bit better. I know, like maybe expecting you know your twenty five, thirty million euros is maybe a bit unrealistic for someone like him because he's not prolific enough. But 
but yeah, just a little bit more than fifteen. I think I would have, I would have been a bit more pleased. It comes down it. to the business. He only had a year left on his deal. That, that's that's what it comes yeah. down to. And, and frankly, if you compare to a club like Arsenal that has, has lost so many of their top players for free, like Sanchez had to give him away, you know, it's, it's, we're yeah, nowhere near that comparison. And you know, he's he's been a good soldier. He's done well. I think the problem is that he. He was a, he was a, the typical Garcia player, which was the workhorse that would defend on his left wing. He would compensate. Let's be fair to him; he compensated a hell of a lot for Amavi's shortcomings. I don't see him reaching another level going forward for us under under, under AVB, and, and I think AVB realised that, and he he sanctioned the sale, obviously. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agreed. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, so um, I think. With that one, um, we'll probably just move on and talk about some of the rumours. So, Campos is the only official departure we've had, I believe, so far. Um, a few other players have been linked with moves away, particularly in the last week, last few days even. Um, Clinton and G, who's been away on national duty at the African Cup of Nations with Cameroon, scored a goal the other day, actually. Um, he's been linked with a few clubs, I think, based in Russia and Turkey. Um, with you know reported bids sort of been said to have been made, um, not not very lot of, a large amount of money as well. I think the the fees that have been quoted for him have been kind of I want to say I think there was one that was like four or five million euros, and then one at seven million euros. I'd read, um, and the clubs I'd read about were um, CSK Moscow and another Russian club. I think. I'm not one I wasn't I'm not too familiar with. It was something like Krad one at Krasnozdor or something. And then I think Besiktas in Turkey. Um do you think that that kind of money would you be happy to sell in G for that kind of money or do you think we should be holding out for more? I I I'll say a very quick piece and then Ed you can go on. If if we sell him and we, we give a pro contract to someone like Lee Haji and we bring him into the first team and, and we balance that off with another signing that can play on the wing or Hadonic. Yes, you know, good riddance. Thanks, thanks for the, the goals in the European Cup last year. He's not as not as highly regarded as Ocampos was. Yeah, you can go, but only if we replace him adequately because all of these departures are going to hurt us in the long term if we don't replace them with senior squad players. I'm in the same boat, really. You know, normally I would say, fine, get lost. We don't want you anymore. But I don't, with the money issues and with the fact that our squad is basically a, a desolate, well, it's desolate, basically, um, I would be seriously considering selling, not selling him. Uh, if there's a place for a youth academy product who is good enough, for sure, get rid. Because let's be honest, the G isn't exactly going to be a starter anytime soon. He's been in and out the lineup. He's had his fair share of embarrassing moments. He's had his fair share of good moments. But he's not consistent enough to get to starting eleven full time, and I have I have to say, he's, in my mind, I'd like him to go. Yeah, thanks for nothing, mate. Really, you know, you've been a, an okay servant. You've lasted through the Garcia era. Bugger off. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. I don't think he's never gonna he's never gonna offer any more than he already has, and uh, you, even if he scores a goal at the African Nations Cup, whatever has a good run, you know, it doesn't. We know it doesn't mean he's going to come back and all of a sudden just have this, you know, great season where he fulfills his potential. It's never going to happen. I think we've probably seen as much as he'll ever offer us. Um, he's never going to be more than, you know, a kind of bit part player that you know can chip in with a couple of goals a season, but no, never very much. You know, that's there. Yeah, that's that. And if 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 selling him and and Ocampos means paves the way for us keeping Gustavo, then then go for it. You know, if we. We we know to, we need to, to uh, we need to recycle this squad and it, it goes through. I'd I'd rather us get rid of the bit part players for for as much money as we can get from them rather than sell one of our our core players like Acampos, even uh, sorry like Gustavo, but even even Streetman. I think Streetman may have a part to play next season. So look, we'll see what happens. But it's quite clear we're cash strapped and we're, we're trying to offload anybody we can at the minute. Yeah. I think the only thing that bothers me a little bit is the fact that the fees are so little and I think we paid something like seven or eight million euros for him from Leon a couple of seasons ago after his loan spell. And it's like, again, in today's market, you expect to be making a bit of profit. I know he's not 
in favour, but he wasn't in favour when we brought him in anyway, was he? He kind of had a sort of a bit of a flop experience in England, but so yeah, it's just it's not good to be losing money on players, you know, when you're you're spending more money on them than what you're actually able to sell them on for. Um, okay, um, just thinking about the next one worth talking about is um, so I think Sansong actually is just a kind of sort of ever present. Um, rumour about Sanson's departure to England um, keeps kind of bobbing up and back and forth about clubs like Wolves and West Ham you know with bids well potentially making bids in the sort of 30-something million region do you, do you feel like it's starting to look like it's just not, it's not actually going to happen or do you think it is going to go through a move with Sanson? Uh, well we we <laughs> You know, but hate to play the insider trading here, but we we spoke to him yesterday when we met them. He was one of the first to come by, and me and Alex he asked him, "Hey, you know, what are you going to go? We'd like you to stay. You know, we we think you can you can bring to the team this season. We think it's your season." And he was like, "Yeah, I'd love to stay, but it's not entirely my decision, guys." So that that was that. Um, he ha- he has to say that though. To of fans. course he does, but I, I just reckon that he's you know he's a local local lad from the south of France and. Think you had this? Is he? Yeah. Well, he's from Montpellier, isn't he? He went through the Montpellier academy. I don't think he's from there, but, I, right, yeah, he, but he he, that's where he learned his, his trade. But look, yeah. he is going to be our most bankable player. To be fair, he's he plays in that in that central midfield where we've now got an abundance of choices with Philippe Puno signing pro contracts, and I think he's yeah he will be the most bankable player. He's the one that, in my eyes, we can afford to lose in that position. Um, instead of after losing Ocampos, if we were to lose Tovar as well, you know we're going to have to we're going to need two starting wingers, and, and people will know that we're in a desperate position because we've got to fill those positions. So it's yeah, I think he's our most bankable, valuable revenue point of view right now. What about you, Ed? What do you think about Sanson? Do you think he's going to go or stay? It's uh, and go, really. Um, I don't want him to go. Obviously, I think he's a good player. I think he's one of the best we've got. But obviously, money comes first in this season, in this transfer window. If the right offer comes, unfortunately, I think we'll have to see him go. Don't want him to go because, to be honest, yeah, I would rather lose Strootman. But that's just me. And unfortunately, there's no market for Strootman. There's no market for the players that we think are rubbish. And unfortunately, there's a market for Strootman. So, if he goes, well, it's just that's going to have to be it, and that's going to we we'll have to take it on the chin. I don't, I don't want him to go, and I, I hopefully no bid comes in, but it's not going to be. It's wishful. It's wishful thinking, really. I think there will be a bid. Yeah, I yeah I agree with you. I, I personally prefer him to stay because I feel like we've not yet seen the best of him at Marseille um, and you worry that he'll move on somewhere and we'll see him become a better player and we'll kind of regret losing him and not and, and not getting the best of him but actually you mentioned Strutman Strutman is someone who there has been links recent in, the, in recent days about a potential return to Roma and I, I know there was like there was mention about a, a swap with Nzonzi and that was refu- like refuted by Nzonzi's entourage Um the one source that I'd seen about the Roma thing had suggested that Roma might be willing to pay near enough what they sold them for the year before. Do you think that's nah, realistic? That's bullshit. I think I think if they yeah. if Roma if Roma make a move to, to bring him back, they will offer us a player on loan in exchange, which will probably be Schick. Which I'd have. I'd have for him as a striker. So Yeah, that'd be a good deal. Yeah, so as long as he's not shit. <laughs> well, it can't be worse than what we've got, and and if it gets a big salary off the books, then that'd be a good deal for us. But yeah, again, yeah. but what, not, is, not what is Roma? Though. I mean, what's... well, well, if we get him on loan with option to buy, that's that's the only loan I'll go for. Nothing else. You wouldn't want you wouldn't take in Zonzi, would you? In, in the place of Stripman? Oh, not sure. He's actually older than Stripman as well. Oh God, no, 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 don't, don't bother him. No bother. We don't. We don't need. We don't need this club to turn into a country club. It's always stop with old people. Okay. Um, yeah. So let's just move on to some of the rumours for the arrivals. And as I said, the start has not been a lot of them. It's been really, really quiet. And obviously because 
you know, we're in this predicament where we need to sell before we can buy. Um, so, yeah, the few players that we have been linked with, um, the one, one I think which has probably been the most prominent over the last sort of week or two is um, an Argentinian striker for Boca Juniors. Um, I think Benedetto, his name is. I don't know if either of you familiar with him at all. What, and what are your thoughts about a potential move for someone like him? Well, I was the first one who broke the story on our group chat. Um, <laughs> it's uh, from a, a very obscure source, according to uh, Monsieur Sinuie. Um He's got a good record from what I'm seeing. 48 appearances, he scored 32 goals, and he's made five caps for Argentina. The trouble is, he had an ACL injury in 2017, and I'm not sure if that's going to affect him still, because we don't know how long injuries affect players. You know, he could be something. He could be a good striker with that record. It's quite good. But he's 29. So is it, if it's, if it's the right value for the right money, yeah, let's go for it. If not, nah, I don't, I don't want to pay shitloads of money for a 29-year-old. Yeah, it reminds me of Mitroglou. Mitroglou, it's exactly the same situation. He's, I think he's a bit more prolific and I think he's got the, the OM DNA in terms of He's from Argentina. The fans will, will adopt to his style and, and his his temperament certainly. But no no way would I would I be happy if we spent more than ten or twelve million on him. No fucking way. But the problem is in today's market, it's gone bonkers and people know we need a striker. So yeah, I, I I don't know. His stats are decent. I've not I don't watch the Argentine league that often, so I don't know what to make of him but you know like everybody we're all YouTube fans as soon as a rumour comes out we'll, we'll, we'll look at the compilation videos he looks like he's a skillful player he's got a good shot yeah he's got a good I, long distance shot, yeah. Yeah. yeah he's got a few long distance screamers but again 29 years old you know and it's if that's all we can get and we can get him for 10-12 million I'll, bring, I'll, I'll welcome him with open arms because we do need a new striker but I'd, I'd rather not have another 29 year old crooked player on the books we've got enough of those he's the kind of player that I'd like because if he was available on a free transfer I'd be like yeah snap him up but um, otherwise I'd, yeah, I don't really want to spend that kind of money on a 29 year old and you kind of wonder like where was he before why why is it taking so long for his name to kind of um, be suckling around club you know big European clubs if you can call us that at the moment um, yeah I just sort of I know he was put in Mexico before and I know Mexico is quite a decent standard, I believe, um, and, and you know a good is a real, a real footballing country. Um, but why haven't we heard about him before? It just it just seems like that does make you wonder. You know, you've got you think about all those kind of players. You know, you do get some players that sort of blossom late in their careers, but then some of them, you know, they can be players that are just. You know they have a, a year or two, you know, a bit of a fad. They have a good year or two, and then they're kind of, you know and they're, you know, there's a reason probably why their the whole career wasn't that successful. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm skeptical about it as well. Um, so yeah, I would. It's, I'd like us to be linked with better strikers than that. And I think even you know with Balotelli, even as much as Balotelli has his flaws, like you know, I want us to get someone as good or better. You know, or has the potential to be as good. I don't really want us to be downgrading, especially when we're trying to improve on what a finish was last season, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a difficult yeah. one. It's just, it, it, it just reminds me too much of the Mitroglou transfer. In in terms of the profile of the player, however, in terms of the fact that we, we, we seem to be linked with him, well, I say early, we're almost halfway through the window, but I, I think Villas-Burs has, has said he's a player I'd like to have if we can get him. So, I, again, we, we've got to trust the, the manager's judgment and he's, you know, to give Velasquez credit everywhere he's been and from his time as, as Mourinho's assistant, very, very meticulous and analytic. So he must see something in him that would fit in in his system. But we'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. And and the the longer the window, well, the longer the yeah the window goes on, the the more possibly unsettled he becomes at Bucker and. The, the more they're likely to sell him for a cut, cut rate price. However, I'd, I don't want that to be on the 24th of August. I want that to be on the 24th of July before the season starts. Absolutely. And you see Leon are already signing players and stuff. You know, we're, we're left behind. Um, it will show at the start of the season. We're not left behind. We're stuck in the starting gate still, trying to get the jockey to whip us out the door and trying to get us in the race. 
Leon are going to make more use out of the money they've got for Ndombele. They're going to be miles ahead. They're going to be in the Champions League race and we're going to be stuck in well, the doldrums of the Europa League. We've got to get a move on. If we can get in it. <laughs> yeah, we can get out of the stalls. Yeah. Um, just a couple other players actually we've been linked with in the last little week. Um, two players from the Rams. Um, is it, what's his name? Matthew Caffaro. Caffaro. Yeah. Which sounds like I, when I got his name, I thought, is he po- Portuguese yeah, he's or something? Yeah, Portuguese know. or Brazilian name. Okay, right. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was like, who is this guy? But um, so, yeah, first we'll start with him, then um, we'll look at Udan after. But um, yeah, Cafaro, someone you, you, you've been aware of before, or sort of someone that's kind of, um, you know, you've just kind of found out about, like me. <laughs> yeah, I just found about found out about him. I have no idea who he is. Mind you, I didn't watch much of of Reims last year. I mean, the only game I watched with, with Reims against Reims was that boring nil-nil. Was it boring? Was it nil-nil at the Velodrome? I can remember it was quite a dull game. And I think we um, but that's the return leg when Ocampos scored that screamer and killed it in with his right foot, isn't it? And we won 2 no, no, we No, I think we... Was it Rens we lost 2-1? Because I can remember I was at a gig at Tears for Fears and we lost 2 one to rings, looking back at the results. I, I I don't remember the first leg of the Velodrome. I think we drew, indeed. But I remember, I think we beat them away back in February time when um, Ocampo scored that, that cold shot from the from the edge of the area. But look, Cafaro, he's, he's got decent stats again. Um, I, I Kate's back to refer back to Lucas all the time, but we had this chat yesterday. And, and what worries me with this squad is that the core has been around, around for too long, and and all of the French players are now in this little, you know, this little clique. Like Bunasar's got a brand new car, and Payet's fucking about doing whatever he wants, and Tovai's Mbappe's best friend, and he thinks he's an Instagram star. It's, I don't think it's a good atmosphere to bring a 22-year-old French youngster mm. into. I, that worries me a lot that he will he will. It will go straight to his head because, as we know, Marseille always overpay on salaries for, for new recruits. And suddenly this kid's probably going to go from, you know, 20 grand a month to 100 grand a month. And that's going to change his life. And he'll, he will want to be one of the boys. And it, yes, it is all we can aim for with our limited budget and our limited attractivity because we're not very attractive. We've got no European Cup to pay for. Um, but I... If I was Villas Burst, I'd be trying to break that, that trend and I'd be aiming for, you know, foreign players or players that are Portuguese or something and try and try and mould them into my soldier and put them under Gustavo or Streetman's wing, not under Payet's wing, because he's a he's a fuckabout. Hmm. Okay. Um and what about um his teammate, um what's his name, right? Is it Udan? Uh, Udan. Udan. No, no, he's, is, it, I, is it Remy? Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, he's the more talented Remy, yeah. of the two. Is he? Yeah, but that's that's because well, stuff that I would read. Some people online were saying that Cafaro was actually better, and I was I'd never heard of Cafaro. I knew Udan, but yeah. I, I think anyway. Udan's got, got you know I think he's got better ball touch, better skills. However, yeah, it, I, I, the same thing I've said before. I think they're both decent players. Yeah. It, it, in the state we're in, I'd have any recruit, to be honest, but I, I worry that they will come and, and have a few good games and the problem is the pressure will get to them and then they'll just drift back onto the bench and end up becoming part of the clique with Bunasar fucking about down the swimming pool every weekend. So, it, it's a hard one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, with one of his balls out anyway, but it's, it's just, yeah, the problem is I don't, I, yes, they're good players, but I don't think with, with the squad we've got, I don't think that they would have an impact, which which is what worries me. When we lose, if we're selling our starting eleven, we need to replace them with players that are capable of coming in and having an impact in a starting eleven straight away. Not not people that we will need to ease into it, into the pressure and, and the atmosphere and the squad over six to twelve months. Yeah, okay. I mean, I thought from Udan looked like quite a good player actually. Um, quite similar, like um, style wise to Tovan though. So it's kind of hard to imagine if Tovan stays, could they play together? You know, I'm not sure. Um, I think they might, you know, be a bit of imbalance in the team if we had both of them. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like I like the fact that we're 
getting linked with these sort of young players that might have a lot of potential. Um, you think about players like last season that we lost out on, like Martin Terrier. Um, these are the kind of players that I don't want us to, to lose out on. You know, they'll end up going to Lyon or Lyon. Anyway, so um, I think, to be honest, that's the only other players that we've really been linked with recently. So um, it would be good to... I said that we could, like, if we could just all pick like, our starting eleven, you know, for next season. And, you know, like, with us selecting, um, you know, the the signings that we think we should make. Um, and just explain why we've picked those players. Um, so who wants to go first on that one? I think you should, Steph. But, yeah, okay. it's your topic, right? <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. I was going to say, I'm, I'm just thinking about it now and I'm, I'm still... Changing my mind. Struggle. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I should say mines is like you're not gonna like it, and it's like an ultra safe option. Um, and I, the reason why I picked this one is just because I thought none of you would pick it like this. Um, so I tried to pick players that didn't cost any money, basically, and I didn't want to disrupt the team too much. So I put um, goals Mandanda, and that's provided now that he's given now that he's lost all the weight and hoping that he's. Um, miraculously going to be back to his old level and it, um, right back I've actually picked um, Abdallah just not, and that's not based on the fact that I actually I might go with Sakai at right back now I change my mind but alternating with Abdallah not and I don't know much about Abdallah but I'm just hoping that you know a young player can come through so no, no Bunasar what do you do with Bunasar nah, I, I don't really rate Bunasar, to be honest. He's probably, he's, I've said it before in the podcast, he's one of the first players I'd sell. Um, and I'd, I'd sell Bunasar and give the room to the, the, play, the playing time to Abdallah or Iskaye. You know, I know he's young, but we saw him yesterday. He looked like an exciting young player. Uh, I've never been a fan of Sar. Um, at left back, I'm going to go with Dalbert Enrique. If we can get him a player like that on loan, and I would probably have him altern- alternating with um, Jordan Amavi again, but that's assuming that Amavi can get back to the level that he once, you know, he had at the, what he first showed in his initial months at OM. Central defence, just Chileta Sar Camara. Um, midfield, um, so I've got two options here. I've got like a sort of 4 5 1. Um, I'll, or a four three three, but so Gustavo would obviously be there, and then the player, the player that I would put next to him might seem a bit unrealistic, but if, he might be available on the cheap, and he might be available even on loan. And it's Jean Seri, um, used to play for Nice, play for Fulham. Fulham been relegated. There's been talk that he wants to come back to France. Mm-hmm. So I have Gustavo, mm-hmm. Gustavo, and Seri in midfield. I think they would work really well with Seri. Serge being a ball player, pass, you know, moves the ball, and it, it's similar to Lopez, but just much better, you know. Um, although, although I recognise that he's not had a good season, um, and then yeah, Dimitri Payet on in front of them, or if we keep him, I would say Sanson in a kind of four-three-three, um, and then up front the wings, I would have Tovan on the right, and on the left I'd go for Brahimi because he's free transfer. I know. Like he's going to be costly and it's unlikely, but you know I'm trying to think. Can we? Where can we find a left winger? <laughs> well, we don't. You said we don't this have was to a safe eleven, Steph. Jesus, this is more like a PlayStation eleven, mate. <laughs> I've not spent any money. Well, I haven't spent how much? A, bro, how much do you think Brahimi's going to command on a free transfer, mate? Yeah, but I haven't spent any on like transfers. Yeah, so uh, I've only sold players uh, in my calculations. Um, so, so yeah, like. Uh, that's not bad, if we, and I actually have re-signed Balotelli up front, right? So, so yeah, they were all players that were either loans or free transfers. Um, but yeah, I mean you're right, like because you're gonna, you're gonna, we're gonna have to sell players. But if I say if I've got um, Paye up front um, in the middle, then I'm assuming that say Sanson, Strutman are gone, you know. So, so maybe the money comes from there. Mm, decent eleven. Yeah. Is it better than last season, though? Probably not. Really. Well, it, well it's, it's, the, the problem is that I, I don't... Well, we've had this debate on this podcast. I don't think there was much wrong with our eleven last season in terms of on the paper. I think nah. our manager was the main problem. But, Agreed. You know. Right, who wants to go next? See if you can beat that. I don't mind. Whilst I've got the floor. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd have Mondanda. 
I'd have to, I'd keep Sakai at right back. I'd you know after yesterday Sky, but the problem is he's probably fourth in the pecking or pecking order. So yeah, Abdallah as a substitute. Agree with that. We don't need anybody in that position. Centre back, Kamara, Chalitak, Sarah as the starters. But I I think if Rami does end up going, we need to sign an experienced centre back. So I would like. Someone like Simon Kier from um, from Sevilla, who we've been linked with recently, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, or um, yeah, it's, it's going to sound it's fucking hard, isn't it? Yeah, it is, it is a difficult <laughs> exercise, but um, you know, I'd, I'd even have an experienced centre back on loan just to bridge the gap for one season, just to keep 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 Camara and Calitano on, on the right level. But Tenchwood, hopefully Ricardo Cavalio as, as one of our coaches does that and, and coaches them and improves them both. But I, I don't have a name in mind for who that experienced centre back would be. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, you say Kia, that's fine. Yeah, Kia is probably one I'd have. A, a left back, fuck fucking Amavi needs to go. Um or he needs to be the backer of left back. Um, I would like to actually. I wouldn't necessarily buy anybody. I would. I would give Nkunku a chance because he's very highly rated. He's done well for the for the youth team. Um, but if we had to look at signing someone, I would. I would look at Ribotro from from Gangon, who we've been linked with because he's Portuguese and because I think he would fit in well with AVB and also Gustavo, who speaks Portuguese, being Brazilian. So he's. I think we can get him on the cheap because they've been relegated. I'd have him for five or six million. Um, in midfield, Gustavo, yes, number six. And this is just purely going off of AVB's tactics, which is 4 3 3 with one, one defensive midfielder and two sort of um, number eights in front of him. Um, and then I would have Lopez and Streetman if he stays starting because I think that those three do, do have potential altogether. Um, but if we were to sign someone, I, I actually I was going to say Siri as well. Um, but I would I would levers if we have the funds to to go through Djadjis Samaseku because he's got that profile of a box to box midfielder that, that we lack, as in someone who's got the athleticism but also an eye for goal. Um, and then in front, Payet as. as I reckon with the tactics that AVB is going to do, Payet will replace Campos out on the left and will be in competition. Well, in competition, will switch with Radonic. Um on the right. Tovan and up front, I would keep Valère Germain because you know he's. I, I wouldn't piss on Valère Germain. I wouldn't keep him as a starter, but I'd, I'd like to keep him in in in, in the squad. Um, and yeah, I would like us to sign to take a gamble on someone like Marcus Turam, um, who, you know, he's not gone anywhere yet. Yes, we've been quoted quite a few, well, quite ridiculous price for him and they're willing to sell him to 20 million for 20 million to us and then they speak to a German club and they're willing to sell him for 12 suddenly, but it's not done yet. But yeah, he's, he's a type of player that if he came in and he did well, then we could sell him for 30. So that's, that's what I would look at as a starting 11. It would be a, Probably a bit of a difficult exercise to convert Turam from a, a left winger to a central striker, but I think we've got enough talent in the squad for him to to be given good service and score some goals. And that's me. Okay. That's me. Yeah, yeah. Good. Not bad. Um, right. Ed, what about you? Right, last thing, last but not least. Um, keep Mondander in goal. I think the best hope that we had for a goalkeeper in Lafont going to Nantes has gone. Left back... For the time being, let's keep him, Avi. I know he's not great, and I know he's a bit poor, but where, where's the market for left-back? Uh, two cent, two centre-backs, uh, Seleta Char and Kamara, that partnership worked well in the latter part of the season. They're, they are the future for this club, and I think we need to keep them two together. Right back, back Sakai, we know we're going to get a workhorse, we know we're going to get someone who's going to work their nuts off. For 90 minutes. Oh, two centre mids. I would have Gustavo and Lopez. If Lopez doesn't go, we'll have to stick Streetman up there. The reason I would go for Gustavo is because he's a class midfielder. And like I've said many a times, this man should carry this team and we should make him captain as well. Lopez is still good enough to be our future. Of course, there's the rumour that he will be leaving. That is the only worry. 
Then I'd have in the middle before we get to the strikers of them two, we'd have Payet. Regardless of what we think of Dimitri Payet, he can still be a world of a player. I think we need to keep him around and keep him in the squad to keep the creativity flowing. Then I'd have two wingers. I'd have Randovic on the left and Turban on the right. Randovic didn't show himself much last year and I didn't think he got that many opportunities. With a Campos goal, this is the perfect opportunity for him to show why he's here at OM and how good he is. Turvan on the right, this man is the main point of attack. We need him to be there. Striker is difficult because obviously Germain would be good if it was a 4-4-2, but it isn't. It's a 4-2-3-1. So it's a 4-2-1-3. So we're going to have to think about this. I would be fine with Benedetto. But the age concerns me. I would be fine with Rondon. Age. If we can get him, Marcus Duram. Absolutely. But if Marcus Duram gets signed by Gladbach, what we've heard, then I think we should definitely take Benedetto. The thing is, he'll get goals. That's for sure. I mean, we've said it before with Costas. We've said it all before with other strikers such as Balotelli. But I think this will be the man who gets us goals and gets us by the bucket line, and we're going to need them. Okay. I mean, you've really not changed a lot, have you? You've only on chosen to bring in one player. Yeah, that's, that's the safest t- 11. It's better safer than your stuff. It's probably the most realistic one as well. <laughs> I think Mainz is probably the most, uh, yeah, fantasy, but <laughs> good on there. But, you know, like... So we, we, we all acknowledge that changes are needed, you know? So I was just making the changes. You guys were just wanting to take any risks. Um, no, that's good to, to hear. Um, and I think just before we finish off, just a couple of new stories, actually, that we'll um, talk about. So first is the... I was talking about the Rami situation, actually. Oh, um, Christ. Not, not this again. <laughs> he doesn't... He doesn't seem what do you to mean again? Far away. What do you mean again, Ed? It's not like we don't get many wife beater topics on this on this on this pod, do we? <laughs> but he's never he's never far away, is he? From like our lips, we're always talking about Rami's personal life. Really, it seems recently, rather than on the field. He's too, he's controversial. He's too controversial. Yeah. He's, he, he's a bit like a, an out of touch rock and roll star who has. Lost his sense of te- lost his sense of creativity and his level of uh, what's what I'm looking for level of football intelligence, and I feel that Rami is a mess. The incidents with Pamela are embarrassing to this club. We don't need him around. I know we've. I'm now jumping the gun a bit, but it's the truth. This man did most of his flauntering around catwalks with Pamela in Monaco. Or at the awards, where well, I don't even get why he was at the awards. He didn't deserve anything apart from worst player of the year. Let's be honest. And then there's Can. Was he at Can? If he was at Can, I don't know what he's doing there either. This man is just a complete disgrace. Disgrace to our club. Disgrace to French football. And I believe we need to get rid of this cancer now, before the image gets dragged from the mud, as well as on the pitch. Because let's be honest, this club does not need another PR kicking the balls. Hmm. Wow, I agree with everything, but um, it's yeah, he's he's just gone off the rails in the last twelve months, and it's you know he was he played well last season. He was one of our best performers last season. He got himself on on the plane to to Moscow, well, to Russia for the World Cup. He didn't play. I think that that hit his ego definitely did because he didn't play a single minute. He felt about. He came back. He started fuffing about with Pamela Anderson. And, and frankly, whenever he played, he just he, he cost us goals. He cost us penalties. He was frankly not not at the level you would expect from a professional player at any club, let alone Marseille. It's I don't think it will end well for the club in in the way that they're trying to go about getting rid of him. But the message is clear to him, and and you would think that the the initiative is on his side to find himself a new club and get the hell out of here. Because we would release him on a free as long as someone else paid, picked up his wages. So, we yeah, we he, he's part of the problem, what I was saying before, of the whole French clique. And I think him being 34 and still acting like he's one of the lads is frankly disgraceful. And, and he should be more leading 
by example, like Gustavo, and I can only imagine how Gustavo and Streetman feel about someone like that who plays with them and, and, and you know, goes goes out with them and they share hotels and they, they share showers and shit. And they've both got families, they've both got kids, they both had pretty good careers and won trophies. And Hami has as well, to be fair. He's won the Europa League with Sevilla and he's won the World Cup. But he's he's a complete idiot and he's letting himself down consistently and he's let us down. It's time for him to go. So, um, what to, what exactly is going on, though? Like, why have the club said that he isn't... They've, they've put some sort of ban in place with him. Um, what What's the... What's the full story behind it? I don't think there is a full story. I think the, the accusations they're levelling at him was that he claimed he was injured. Then there was apparently the mm-hmm. off-the-record... Yeah, the off-the-record version is that he texts Rudy Garcia and say, I'm go- I've been invited to go on, on Farboy Alpha Charity. I want to do it. It's good for my image. So Rudy said, yeah, go for it. Um, without consulting Iro. But we, we've known... Hami's been on holiday for three fucking months anyway. So he can do what he wants as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, it's that, that the club have obviously turned around and said, no, you didn't have official authorization to, to go. And plus, you were saying you were injured. You were supposed to be resting. So I think they're using that. For me, it's a bargaining thing. What, will, what would be probably the most likely realistic outcome is we'll end up paying him off to leave, but we'll pay him less than, than we would if we just ended his contract and told him to go. I think they'll come to a negotiation, they'll come to an agreement financially that means we pay him six months instead of a year or something like that. We'll just, you know, Ero will, will, will be a bit of a prick with him and put pressure on him and, and he will be forced to go. But it's, it is what it is. He, he fucked about. He's not taking it seriously. He's only got himself to blame. Okay, right. Um, I mean, it just it kind of just sounds like it's the, well, it's a case of, Club maybe taking finding an opportunity possibly to sort of push him out the door and make it a bit easier for them. But to me, kind of sad though. I I I I mean I liked Rami actually. I've always kind of liked him as a player, as a character. I mean I'm not. I mean my I sort of image of him is kind of a little bit tarnished at the moment now because I'm I'm obviously not pleased about the rumours that have been you know um, that we've, we've been hearing about him and. You know his relationship, and, that, and um, it's not nice to 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 read about those things. Um, so yeah, I'm not I'm kind of like not really sure how I feel about him anymore. Um, yeah, and he's he is a bit of a twat, I guess. But he, but I always thought he was a likable twat before. He he was our twat. He was our twat. Yeah, yeah. And, and now he's not yeah. anymore. He's made a fool out yeah. of us. Which and and the other thing is that, that, that just sorry to cut you off, stuff. It's just the whole thing with Le Fossil as well, where where they they sort of gave him a bit of banter saying, I think he was polled as the worst performer of the season given his status and his salary. And he posted an Instagram photo of, of him pissing on, on Le Fossin logo, which alienated oh, really? a, Isn't his a shitload sister of sister or cousin, like not one of the pundits? No, nah, well, not on, on the talk show she is, but she's been a bit distanced from it all, I imagine, because, well, since he signed especially, I imagine that she's distanced herself for, for obvious reasons, but... It's just, he, he, no, he pissed on the results of the fan poll. That was the picture he posted. And it's just, he's, well, he alienated good, everybody. Yeah. That's well, alienated the people. What a dick. Yeah, I mean, he's finished then. If he's doing stuff like that, it's like, you can't, because even if we kept him, the fans will just eat him alive, you know? Um, you can't you can't do that. So it's time's up, I think, sadly. He can, he can go free off to Pyeongchang. That's the way I say it. Send North Korea. That's the way I think about it. <laughs> Foxy kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so um, finally, um, last story I wanted to talk about was, um, well, and it's quite sad that this is probably the thing that's been the most prevalent in, uh, online about OM recently, and it's about Uber Eats and the new shirt sponsor, um, which caused quite a lot of um, uproar from lots of fans when it was unveiled. Um for a number of reasons, but I mean, first we'll talk about um, just the actual shirt sponsor, Cooper Eats, and why people weren't happy about that. Um, you guys want to talk us through that? Uh, well, I I think it's really because of the fact that it was green on the on the shirt, on the white shirt. Uh, a lot of supporters were not impressed by that. But it is quite derogatory. We're now, the Velodrome is now the world's biggest fast food restaurant. 
you know, I, I suspect <laughs> it is going to going to be like that. We are going to see delivery boxes of chicken chow mein, kebabs, and pizzas running round the velodrome into the dressing rooms. You know, it's it's a joke, and I feel yeah, orange was diabolical, but orange was I don't know. You could see it as respectable. Uber Eats has a lot of issues with the fact they don't treat the workers properly. There's all sorts of stuff going on about this. And it will probably kill local businesses when they get their trade in. Uh, but there was the fact that it was green and it made the shirt a real eyesore. So they had, they had to change it because the fans were pissed and they've changed it to black. Rightfully so, in a way. I think that's a very uh, noble move of them. But again, it's embarrassing. You know, you're getting laughed at by other supporters. Oh, you got Uber Eats on your shirt. Oh. No, it's not exactly the most positive image. We're going to promote gluttony by our shirts. <laughs> uh, th- there's that. I mean, uh, th- yeah, there's that. I think there's a couple of points is context, first of all, which is uh, every other fucking football club in the world seems to manage to get their sponsor to adopt, to adapt, sorry, to their, to their club colours and to make a minimum amount of effort to at least be neutral and and you know to, to to sort of blend in with the overall design of the shirt. I think there's a there's part of the frustration is the fact that the Puma shirts for a lot of fans have been quite overwhelming so far. Probably not for all of us. I think we we all disagree on this. Overwhelming. Point. Sorry, underwhelming. Underwhelming. Um, in terms of you know, there's there's not been anything exceptional. I liked the home shirt this season, but the black the black one last season I think is a good shirt personally. But I, it's because I, it's because I bought it. <laughs> yeah, but well, yeah, but they're, they're not bad. But you know, it's just it's you. You add to the fact. I think it's the context. New owners that come in and say we're going to give this club its its old glory days back and bring back the status will be respected. And the first thing you do is haul yourself out to Orange and allow them to put the fucking Orange logo in Orange on the white shirt. So that pissed people off already. To be fair, the company Orange. You know they were always going to want. Of course logo. you would. You know <laughs> yeah. it makes sense. But but so but amongst amongst the hardcore followers that pissed people off and alienated a few. And then it happens again. So that's that's the second <sighs> part of the problem is that people people feel like they their voice hasn't been heard and they're taking the piss consistently out of them. And it's yeah. so that's that's part of the problem. And then the overall design point of view, yeah, it looks fucking ugly. You're not going to have how many colours do you want on the same shirt? White, green, blue, black. You know it's. So it it looks stupid, but it's it's more. I think it's the frustration that for for a club and for the for all the communication we've seen since Iro and McCourt have, have come in, that we want to be closer to the fans. And and you know, yesterday's a demonstrable example of that, where we get to meet the players and we get access that we would never have had before. So that's the good side of it. But on the flip side, that's for us that are based abroad and they're doing a big marketing initiative and operation to to keep us you know paying a subscription and keep us interested in the club but but the people in the city itself it's just a culmination of that the branding of the tunnel in the velodrome which has got really strange random messages in it that have oh, quite God. frankly been designed by three-year-olds you know it's, it's the, the, the fact that <laughs> no but it's true the fact that they're not consulting the fans and saying guys what would you think of this you know what how would you do it and and even if they did it their own way after consulting the fans, people would be like, oh, you know, at least they asked us, but we understand, you know, they're, they're, paying, they're our sponsor, they're paying us X amount, million a year. If they want their logo and their colours, fine, but at least they asked us and we tried to come to a compromise. So I think that's where the, the main alienation comes from, is people feel like they're pissing on the values and, and, and what they promised the fans about, about the way they would run the club. And I think that's the main frustration and and the final fact is we're just in this phase. The context is shit and people want to piss all over it all. So they're going to. Yeah. Any excuse they get, they're going to. Doesn't yeah, help when he you know, recent months when he was talking about Netflix and things like that, you know, it's just he's we already have this idea that he's this kind of uh well, I mean he's from the world of business, but we we feel like he's just a million miles away from OM, you know, and he doesn't really get it. Um, so yeah, I think the whole Uber Eats thing kind of sort of um, it just kind of um, confirms the narrative that we've already kind of created about him, you know. Yeah, don't forget the uh, Arrow's brilliant ideas of the two goals counting for a long range shot, and then there's the 
the Pamela incident, Pamela incident at the dinner, like we've mentioned, it to the fact that there's people again. I say it. There's people in Marseille who haven't got two eight nicks to rub together, and you're branching out to Uber Eats. You're branching out mass those sports. You're doing things that make the club look tacky. These people have one probably treat a week. That's to go to the velodrome. They do not want it like some NFL game. I know the NFL is great, and I know it's wonderful. The atmosphere is superb, but that's for that market. Marseille is a very normal, traditional football market. I don't remember Tapi saying, right, let's have all sorts of slogans all over the tunnels. Let's have Netflix. Let's have all these bullshit dinners, which end up look, with the club looking like a complete shit show. I'm sick to death of it. They need to think, engage brain before pressing the trigger and say, let's do it. It's, ugh, it's same shit, different fucking day. What um, did just finally just say, like, because there was some fans that I'd seen online suggesting that, well, saying that the reason that they didn't like the sponsor was the fact that it was green and that they associated green with, you know, rivals like Santa Tien and not, or that it's just not an OM colour. Um, it's kind of interesting, actually, because there's, there's, there's a lot of different reasons being thrown around about why that sponsor has caused so much trouble, you know. Um, but I would just, I think it just all goes back to what you're saying, that people are just dissatisfied. And if everything was going well on the pitch, they probably wouldn't be so annoyed about these kind of things, you know. Yeah, we'd all be singing John Henry's uh, tune. We'd be singing from the hymn sheet on how great he was. But it's also... It is what it is. Yeah, it's traditional colours. Do you remember when they had that purple shirt a couple of seasons ago and, yeah, and, yeah, and everyone yeah. hated that? These clubs just don't make it around no one. I'm sorry, it's white, blue and black. End of. If you, do, if you want to change it, fine, go to another club. Not at this club. This club is different. This club is seeped in tradition. Not some marketing gimmick derided by three morons in a ballroom in London. It's simple. It's, yeah, and he didn't actually. It didn't help that at the press conference, I think, where they un, un, unveiled the the new sponsor and stuff. That didn't go down very well either, did it? That was that was the most embarrassing press conference <laughs> you, could, you could have you could have imagined. I mean, it's just in 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 past seasons, the club would just put out a press com- communique and they would say, "Oh, we've got a new sponsor, guys." Yeah, here we go. Yeah, the pain is X amount a year. Between this and this, if you don't want to disclose the exact sum, to to to, especially bearing in mind new manager, the first day of the new season, you know, from a, from a calendar point of view, where the players are back in training and stuff, with all the stuff that's been going around the uh, a lot, well, it's been going on around the club. Rami, lack of transfer funds, new coach, you know, all all the, all the debate. All, all the question marks, Iro just turns up and says, no, I'm not answering questions about anything else. It's not like, mate, what did you expect? Honestly. He just he just loves an excuse to do a presentation, you know? You see he that. He loves his PowerPoint, can... yeah. I'd love, I'd love yeah, him to give me PowerPoint. Yeah, every time he's a player, he just wants to do a PowerPoint, isn't it? Like, it's just, I think he's just um, from a different world. You know? Yeah, it's not, it's not like these journalists have come round for a cup of coffee and a quick chit-chat. But it, it looked like in the press conference, all for, all the people on the on the top answering the question, they all looked like guns pointed to the reds, and it looked like Arrow had about six arms like an six arms like an octopus sticking the guns behind, saying, "You better say this, you better say this, you better say this." It looked tacky, it looked embarrassing, it looked forced, it looked like something you'd find on Sunderland till I die when Chris Goldman's about to be fired. That's just how it feels. It just the man is just like he's a dictator. He's becoming less like a free man running the team. He's running the place like it's a business, or he's on the apprentice trying to do an, a task for Alan Sugar. He's acting. <laughs> he's, act, he's, he's acting more like Saddam Hussein by the day, and it's not good. To, it's not good to see that. For goodness' sake, the journalists are going to be reporting this. The people are going to be seeing this on social media. And they're going to be thinking, what the fuck is going on? It looks forced. It looks so forced. It's almost embarrassing. It's almost as bad as watching some torture scenes in films. It's that terrible, corny and crap. Oh, when is the man going to I think it's because he's, 
he's losing grip of things, isn't it? That's really what's happening. Um, and I, I think he's kind of under pressure. Mm. Um, urgent and you can change. see that come through. There needs to be an urgent yeah, change. Yeah, perhaps. But I, I, I mean, I don't think we're going to see it until unless this season starts going really badly. Um, I, I think, guys, um, that's probably enough for tonight. Um, so I think we'll just wrap it up. Um, just to say, firstly, thanks everyone for listening. Um, we'll try and get another episode out there over the summer. Yeah. Hopefully, once there's a bit more activity going on in terms of transfers, mm-hmm. um, and also once we've seen some more of the preseason. So, hope, I think like once we've done the seen Marseille out to the US as well, it'd be good to to get get a podcast going there. And I think some of the the US chaps, uh, American based chaps on our podcast, have said that they might be getting to see some of those games. So. Um, we'll definitely try and link up with them. Um, but yeah, um, thanks very much, guys, for, for taking part tonight as well. Yeah, see Pleasure. Bon week. Right, right. Pleasure as always, guys. Good to good to finally meet up yesterday. And let, you know, as, yeah. as long as this is useful to, to English-speaking fans, we'll keep it going. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely, and I'm pleased to see the amount of coverage that got that we got from that banner. From the banner. <laughs> I knew that would be mentioned. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so for, for those of you who may not have seen it, me, Luca, Steph and, and Ed were, were, had a banner that was written, Uber Eats, please deliver us some signings. Um, it got coverage in French press, which was probably a bit, a bit more coverage than a lot of us would have liked, but hey, it was good fun. And we all share this common feeling as OM fans. We want to see the club do well. We want to see the players, whether they stay or they go, we want to see them perform well. We want results. So best of luck to the whole club. Hopefully we, we turn it around compared to last season. Yeah, hopefully Champions League or Europa League will be on the menu this season. But they... Yeah, and just a, just a shame that we're not yet there, that we would have got invited to that Uber launch uh, press conference and we could have held the placard there. <laughs> that would have been sweet, wouldn't it? Yeah, but that was yep. the last time banned straight away, mate. So <laughs> count, count your blessings, yeah. you know. And, and a night in the nick as well, getting battered with, getting battered by the local coppers. <laughs> right. Okay, um, right, so we'll wrap it up, guys. Thanks very much, right? Um, and we'll, Cheers, we'll everyone. See you next time. Take Cheers. care, guys. Thank you. Bye.